Keep playing for me. I want you to keep playing that song right there. Jeff, don't go very far. Grab your microphone and come back over here. Jesus stood up, 21, verses 15 through 19. We're going to go to the shores of Galilee. We're going to stand on the shore, on the sand there, where the disciples got a boat full of fish, 153 of them to be exact. Peter's sopping wet because he swam from from the middle of the lake all the way into the shore because Jesus is cooking fish and warming up bread. And it says, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, son of Jonas, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. He said, tend to my sheep. Take care of my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this to him, he said, follow me. Father, I ask your blessings on the word of God this morning. Anoint us in our time together. Challenge us and speak to us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You can be seated. I don't know if you've ever said anything or done anything that's disappointed someone that you love. Maybe you've lied to them, offended them, betrayed someone close, something disgraceful, something crushing. Maybe you've broken their heart. I would suppose all of us, if we were being honest to one degree or another, would have to answer yes, we have. Likewise, others have failed us. Others have disappointed us, betrayed us. Disappointment runs in both directions as we live in a fallen world. Peter felt this way after Jesus rose from the dead. Can you imagine? He couldn't get his own failure out of his mind. Like so many of us, in this moment of weakness and fear and crisis, he collapsed. He gave in. Peter denied the Lord. Hours, just hours after he had just bragged in front of the other disciples, 
that he would never fail Jesus, that he would be faithful to the Lord all the way to the end. Even if every one of these guys, all these disciples, even if all of them fail and turn and run away from you, Lord, I will die with you. Jesus looked at him and said, the Lord turned and looked at Peter and said, before the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. Three times. And when we go back to the scene of the cross and we remember him standing at the fire, warming his hands by the enemy's fire and the young lady, the teenage girl standing there saying, he's one of them. The Bible says that Peter swore an oath and said, I don't know him. That's when Peter realized the full impact of what he had done because it was in that moment the Bible also tells us with his hands still warm by the fire and his swearing oath had just come out of his mouth. It says that through the crowd, talk about the discernment of the Lord. It says the Lord turned and looked right at him. And it was in the look that Peter was reminded of the words that Jesus had said. As you hear a rooster crowing in the background. That he had denied the Lord three times. The Bible says something that's noteworthy. It says that he went out and wept bitterly. Bitterly. Obviously he had a a repented heart. He was sorry. No doubt he finally come to a realization of what had just happened and how it happened so quickly. Before he even had a chance to even think about it, before he had a chance to evaluate it, it was already done, it was out, and there he stood, staring into the eyes of Jesus. Can't even imagine, except that I've been there. So have you. I've been there. Don't ever... Live under some assumption that when you come into church on Sunday morning. When you feel like you're the low of the lows. You're the publican that can't even lift his head. Don't you ever feel like other people are better than you. Like they have something you don't have. Because they don't. The mercy and the grace of God. is what we all It's what we all desire and what we all need and what we are given through God's love. And John 3.16 when he says, for God so loved the whole world that he gave his son. His only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Two days later when the women arrived at the tomb and they find that Jesus is gone. An angel appears to them, and the angel says something that is music to the ears of Peter. He says, go and tell my disciples and Peter. They went back, and they found them, and as soon as they did, Peter and John outran themselves, running to the tomb. Peter just had to see him. He called for me after what I've done. I felt so guilty the last two days I have been just buried in this guilt and this shame, the disgrace. I have felt as low as I could possibly be. I'm no longer a disciple. I have betrayed the Lord. I've turned from Him. He's risen from the dead and He's asking for me. 
So he took off running, and John, the beloved, took off after him, and they raced all the way to the tomb. I can't even imagine the energy, the way they felt as they were trying to get there. When they got there, the disappointment, the tomb was empty. Peter hadn't made that connection yet. He hadn't seen him yet. He, all he knows right now is the Lord asked for him. The Lord asked for him. That's good. He, heard, he must have heard my cry. He must have known that I'm sorry, that I've repented, that I've turned from this. I, he knows I, I didn't go the way of Judas. I, I didn't go out in a field and hang myself. I didn't go the opposite direction. I didn't run away. I'm running back. But I need to see him. I just got to see him. He, Jesus showed himself to his disciples on three different occasions. They knew he was alive. Testimonies all over town, graves that had burst open. There was all kinds of rumors, all kinds of gossip, de- definitely something going on. Jesus was alive. But the disciples were no longer kind of hanging out, waiting in a room in Jerusalem. They took off back in the Sea of Galilee. They're kind of hanging. They're kind of going back to what they know. They're, they're not sure what's going to happen. The, the controversy in the city, all the stuff going on. What do we do now? I mean, Jesus is, he appeared, but he's nowhere. We, we can't find him. We, we don't know what to do next. I mean, he's our captain. What are we supposed to do? And so they're confused and, and, and they're, they're scared and they're holding on. They're excited that he's, that he's proved himself, that he's proven that he's alive, but yet they, they don't know what to do. So they just go back to what they know. And it says that they went fishing. Peter looked up and six disciples went with him. And they went fishing. They got out on the Sea of Galilee. And as they're out there on the, all night long, you know, this is the one thing, boys, we know what to do. We are skilled fishermen. We know this. this is, we'll go back to what we know. We've we got to make money. We've got to eat. We've got to do something. So, you know, Judas t- took our money. And we've got all this other stuff going on. So, look, let, let's get some money. Let's get back into a, a position of, of stability. Let's get back on our feet. They toiled all night long, and the Bible says they didn't catch a thing. Frustrated and upset all night long, morning breaks, they see a fire on the shore. As they're deciding to pull it all in and come on into the, into the shore, into the, the beach there, they're, they're coming, they're headed in that direction. They get close enough, and they hear the man on the shore, and he says, Hey, boys, did you catch anything? No, we hadn't caught nothing all night long. You know, you can see, kind of see them all hitting each other. You know, one guy hitting the other guy. We've, we've lost our touch, man. We've been out on the ministry field for so long, we can't do this anymore. We don't even know what to do. We didn't catch anything. We, we're an embarrassment to the fishing world. They're fussing with one another, and all of a sudden, as they get close enough, they're, they're listening, and this gentleman says, Cast your net on the other side. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they're all just like, what did he say? What did we just hear? That, could, could, it, could it be? No. John, looking closer. Boys, I think that's Jesus. That's the Lord. The other's like, no, that can't be the Lord. Next, next thing they know, some, Peter has jumped out of the boat. He's in the water. He is swimming as fast as he can. He is going straight to shore. 
And they're like pulling in the, 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 the netting and all. They're like, it's got to be him. Look, all these fish, we can't even get him in the boat. And they're pulling the net in. They're like, let's get there as quick as we can. They counted 153 fish. And as they get the get them in the boat and they're working their way towards the shore, they get up to the shore, they come out, and there's a fire there. And Peter's standing by the fire and he's trying to get warm. He's freezing. It's cold. It's morning. And he's there, but he's like, he's talking with the Lord and they're having this little interaction. And the other guys get there and they're kind of standing around a little bit. And, and the next thing you know, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Jesus looks up while they're warming themselves and he looks straight into Peter's eyes and he says, Simon, Son of Jonas, do you love me? And immediately, there's two things that happen right there. Number one, they're standing by a fire warming their hands. Isn't the Lord cool? He'll take you right back to the moment that you failed. He'll take you right back to where you were so he can heal you to go forward. They're standing at the fire and they're warming their hands. And he called him Simon, which was interesting. Simon was his unconverted name. Remember, he changed his name to Cephas, Peter. On that truth you just spoke, I'm going to build my church. But now he's like Simon, son of Jonas, reminding them that there's a little bit of separation now. He wanted to show him who he was so that he could take him where he was going. How many of you know the Lord will never give up on you? The Lord will never give up on you. I'm so thankful this morning he's never given up on me. If I got one testimony, it's not the testimony of youth ministry for 18 years. It's not testimony of pastoring for 10 years. It's not that, that I've, I've learned how to wear a suit or sing a song. The testimony that I've got is that he never gave up on me. I was lost. No hope could I see. But then he saw what I could be. When his spirit touched me. That's why he never gave up. On me. I'm so thankful for that. That's the testimony of my heart this morning. He's never given up on me. And he had a purpose in shocking Peter with Simon. Simon, son of Jonas. Not Peter, son of God. Not Peter, Cephas the rock. Simon, do you love me? Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Do you love me more than these? Is what he actually had said. And he was taking him back to the moment he bragged. Lord, even if all of these other men, if all of them fail you and run away, I will live for you. I will never fail you and I will die for you. Simon, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I do. Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me? Yes, Lord, yes, 
I love you. You know that I love you. Then feed my sheep. The second time, feed my sheep. Tend to my sheep. Take care of my sheep. All right. Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me? And it says Peter grieved in his heart that he had asked him three times. He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. And he said, when you were young, you were dressed. You went on your way. When you're old, you'll stretch out your arms. And they'll dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Letting him know that there was going to be victory in his life. He wasn't going to fail the test again. Peter in that moment, I'm sure, went all the way back to the day, the afternoon when Jesus looked at him, Christian, and he said, Peter, the devil has desired, des- desired to sift you as wheat. But I've prayed for you that your faith would faint not. And when you come to yourself, when you are restored, when you are strengthened, you'll turn and you'll strengthen your brothers. I'm sure all of this came barreling back into his mind. As he was hurt, he was grieved. He didn't understand. Why are you calling me Simon? Why are you telling me these things? I remember what you said to me. I did fail. But not to the point of death. He said, when you are strengthened. This was the moment of reconciliation. This was the moment where Peter was going to be restored back to the disciples, back to one of the apostles. This is where it was happening. We're watching, we're looking in to this situation. And the reason that it's important for us is because every one of us are Peter. Every one of us stand in this place of need. Every one of us have failed. Every one of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have stood in this place of disappointment and disloyalty to the Lord. We've all denied Him. So here He stands and all the disciples, I mean, notice He he asked Him three times because there had been three denials. And He asked Him publicly in front of the disciples because He bragged publicly in front of the disciples. Took Him all the way back to this place where He was grieved and He was hurt. And then he says, feed my sheep. Take care of my sheep. Goes back to a phrase we've heard Jesus talk about when he was tested. And they asked him, hey, what are the greatest commandments? And Jesus looked at him and said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, body, and soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. He said, on these two commandments, all the law. Is fulfilled. So he's looking at the world, looking at the, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and teaching the people on the way. Love God, love people. 
That's the whole of Christianity. You want to know how hard it is to serve God? Here's how hard it is. Love God, love people. That's it. You do that and everything else falls into place. You do that and everything else just kind of melts together. And it all comes into a beautiful, victorious walk with the Lord. Your faith is renewed. Your work, your serving is without of grudge or without dread. When you love God and you love people, you are fulfilling all the law. That's the two things you and I have to focus on. And he looked at Peter in his restoration and in his time of reconciliation. He looks at him in the way to go right to the heart of what Peter needed in that moment so that in just a few days he'd be ready after being in the upper room and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter, that same one who denied the Lord in the, at the fire of the enemy's camp, the same one who wouldn't admit who he was, he wouldn't admit to being a disciple, he, didn't, he was ashamed and embarrassed, that same one would stand up on a rock And he said, you who crucified the Lord, this is the son of the living God. He is the Messiah, the one you crucified. He is the king, the one promised of the Lord. He preached the greatest message of Pentecost you'll ever read or or hear in your life. Thousands came to the Lord after his anointed sermon. Thousands more were added to the church daily. This guy was on fire. This guy was, he was so on, he was so moved. The presence, excuse me, the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit was so full in him. And he had conquered his failures. He'd conquered his disappointments. He'd grown in his work. And now he was standing in this place of victory. If you and I want to know where the victory lies, it's something very simple. You don't have to pay more tithe. You don't have to be more faithful to this or to that or to serve and to work and to do all of these other things. All of that comes after what you got to focus on this morning is that question that Jesus asked him and he's asking you and I today. He's saying, do you love me? Do you love me? I know you serve me. I know you work. I know you read your Bible. I know you give. I know that you volunteer. I know you do all those things. But notice he didn't ask Peter about any of that. He asked him, do you love me? Then feed my sheep, then love people. Do you love me? You really love me. You really have relationship with me and not religion. You really love me. Love people. Because that's the identity. That's the true healing. And when Peter found his restoration and his deliverance, he found it through love. And God had to push him so he would genuinely know himself. And thank God he does that. Sometimes, Jim, you have to feel guilty. Sometimes you got to be wounded by the love of God. It's always wonderful for us to come in church and, oh, don't we all just feel so good? We, it's just wonderful to come in and feel excellent and feel love and be lifted up. And I love to do that. And I like a shouting message. And I like for things to be good. I like to say, you know, let's come and, and be lifted up. Let's be blessed. Let's be favored. We love those things. And there's so much of that in the Word of God. But the way to get there, sometimes, sometimes we have to go through some wounding. 
Peter had to go back to the fire. He had to go back to warming his hands. It's so amazing that the same eyes that looked at him across the fire when he was being crucified and Peter had denied him, it's the same kind of flame as he's warming his hands again that the Lord is looking at him and saying, do you love me now? Do you love me? Do you love me? Will you deny me now? Will you receive me? Am I the same? Am I the Lord? Am I the one you confess? Am I the Messiah? You said I was the Son of God. Thou art the Christ. Do you love me? So yes, Lord. Do you love me? Yes, Lord. Simon, do you love me? You know all things. Right there. That was the key sentence. He no longer was talking in his boast, in his pride, in his arrogance. He wasn't slipping back into his old ways. Do you love me the first time? Yes, Lord. Do you love me the second time? Yes, Lord. Third time, grieved, broken, wounded. Lord, you've taken me back to the fire. You've taken me back to the very place I failed you. You've taken me all the way. This hurts, Lord. Why don't you just forgive me? Why don't you just let let everybody clap and cheer because I prayed a prayer. Why are you making me look at this? Why are you making me look into your eyes? Why through the fire right here while I'm warming my hands? Why did you take me all the way back? Because he loves us enough to really heal us. To really, really finish the work that he's done and started in us. So now grieved in his heart, broken in his heart, he's looking through the fire and he gets it. I realize that you're taking me back to where I failed you. You're making me look at myself. You're making me open my heart. You're making me look at the real me. I'm so thankful that he's done that in my life. I'm so thankful. It makes us look into our real lives where we have pride where we have arrogance, where we think our works are doing it, when we think we've got it down and we're professional Christians and we figured it all out. He takes us back to the place where we fall so that we remember we were Simon. But he's the one who makes us Peter. He's the one that changes our name. He's the one that gives us the power to be a son or a daughter of God and we'll have it no other way. When we truly give him that heart of love, he says, it's in the love, it's in the love. And when you love me, the way that that is expressed in your victory and your success, the way you'll catch fish will be because you are obedient to me. You're obedient to my voice. You're listening to me. I know you're a skilled fisherman, but all of you toiled all night long and you didn't catch a thing. You know why? Because without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you'll be empty netted every time. Without me in your life, you'll live to be a failure and a constant disgrace to your family, to your friends, to yourself, to me. But with me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But when I teach you to listen to my voice, because you see, I'm not always going to be with you. In a few days, I'm going to ascend to my Father. Then I'm going to send my Spirit to be with you. You see, these guys were so in tune with the fact that if Jesus wasn't with them physically, He wasn't with them. They had no concept of what you and I know. 
They're not like us. We don't see him physically. I'd love it if he walked in here on Sunday morning and sat right here in the front pew. I'd love it if he came in and and when we prayed for people, he walked the aisles and he just laid hands on people. I'd love it if he did that physically. But the truth is, he's doing it, but he's doing it through his presence, through the spirit. He's doing it in a different kind of way that they didn't understand. They were like, let's just go back to fishing because he's not here. He's not with us physically. And that's why I believe on the Emmaus Road they, they couldn't recognize him. I think he was kind of disguising himself a little bit, you know, shrouding himself a little bit. And the Holy Spirit was kind of keeping them, fo- them foggy a little bit. Because they're like, man, didn't you, didn't you, didn't your heart burn within you? Wasn't it like fire inside you as he spoke to us along the way? They're like, it was him. And Mary's, excuse me, sir, uh, they've taken my Lord. Could you tell me where they've taken him? Because I've come to to anoint him. I I need to see him. And the gardener said, Mary, immediately, she knew him. Rabbi, teacher, she recognized him by his voice. Jesus was trying to say, hey, guys, it's a whole new learning curve coming. See, I'm not going to walk with you. I'm not going to come out on the water anymore. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it differently. You see, I want to get more done. Greater things will you do because I'm going to go to my Father, and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He's going to dwell in you, and his power in your life. Walking with you every day of your life. It's going to be just like I'm walking right beside you. The parakletos is going to walk alongside of you. That's what the Greek means for the Holy Spirit. That he walks alongside of us. So it's like Jesus is walking with us in our lives here. But we had to be trained for that. I can come in here on Sunday morning like we have this morning. And I can weep and have to get me a Kleenex and wipe my eyes because I can sense and I can feel the presence of the Lord in this house. And thank God we've got him here in this place. Thank God when we worship, he comes. And when two or three are gathered together in his name, in this house, he shows up and he's here. And he heals and he touches and he delivers and he saves. Thank God we're in touch with that. Thank God we can hear him. My sheep know my voice. And another, they'll not follow. Thank God we've got that this morning. We ought to all get on our face right now in the sanctuary and spend the next 45 minutes to an hour to two hours doing nothing but thanking him that we have his presence with us. But as we understand that and we know that, they didn't. He was giving them a whole new concept of here's how it's going to work. And they were troubled. I'm not going to be with you. What? Then what do we do? going to be with you in a different way so as they were going through that learning curve and Peter's understanding it it gives Peter insight to how he's going to never fail again Peter Simon do you love me do you love me yes Lord take care of my sheep take care of Brad Take care of Jennifer. Take care of her. Do you love me? 
to take care of Jennifer and Trevor and Michaela? Do you love me to take care of Orville, a man of God who has suffered and hurt? Take care of him. Do you love me to feed my sheep, take care of my sheep? Love God, love people. This is what turns Simon back to Peter. This is what turns Simon back to Peter the Apostle, who then writes, and I'm getting ready to close. Gary, if you'll help me. The same guy who ran, the same guy who cut the soldier's ear off, the same guy... who's who's so impulsive and so brash and and so needing to learn, writes these wise words in 1 Peter chapter 2. But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us as an example that you should follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. This is what took a man like Peter, who was filled with the Holy Ghost, standing on the rock, preaching that message, that ended up in prison, that ended up, being faithful to the call all the way to the very end. And when he had to face the test again, are you one of his? Yes, I am. Crucify him. He stretched out his arms. Mocked him and dressed him and led him to a place he didn't want to go. Was back to a hill to be crucified but Peter instead of flinching instead of being afraid instead of his faith failing he remembered the words of his savior I've prayed for you Peter your faith won't fail not this time Peter looked at him and he said I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Lord was Turn me upside down. The historical accounts say that Peter was crucified upside down because he says, I am not worthy to even be crucified like the one that I love. Like the one that I love. Do you love him? Do you love him? More than these, more than that, do you love him? That's what will get you through. That's what will help you stand through disease and sickness and troubles and trials. That's what will help you when you hit the hard times, when you walk away from the cemetery, Liz. That's what keeps you. You love him. 
If you love him today, you can get through anything. If you love him today, you'll stand in victory at the end of this life and you'll declare there's a crown of righteousness that's been put up for me because I love his appearing. I'll fight a good fight, Paul said. I'll finish the race and I've kept the faith. Didn't fail. Stand with me this morning. I am here in your midst, says the Lord. Trust in me. Trust my words. Trust the work that I do in your heart. Know that I am a God who will see you through to victory. My presence is here with you. I pursue you with love, everlasting love. And I only require that you believe me. Lean upon me today. Do not look to other things outside in your world for comfort and for strength. Look to my words. Look to my spirit. Trust in me, I say again, and you shall have victory, says the Lord. Would you lift your hands and honor the presence of God? The Lord asked the question of every man, woman, boy, and girl in this house today. He's not asking your next door neighbor. He's not asking the one in front of you. He's not asking the one that you heard last week was living wrong. He's not asking about the, the, the family on the other side of the church. He's not asking about this one or that one. He's looking right at you. If he, I believe in the spiritual realm. The Lord is walking right up to your pew looking right into your eyes, into your heart, your soul. And he's asking you the question, do you love me? Do you love me? And he's pushing that point, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. I do this. I work in the nursery. I work in the youth group. I work here in the senior ministry. I do this. I do that. Do you love me? Yes, Lord. I pay my tithe. I give in missions. I give in offerings. I do what I can. I volunteer at the desk. I do this and I do that. Do you love me? Lord, you know me better than I know myself. You know that I love you. Then love people. Then love people. He asks you the question. He asks me the question. And this is the road. This is the road to victory. Father, I come to you and as I begin, I prepare in this invitation. I ask that you will touch every heart and every life. Because Lord, this, this is our month of love. This is us talking about families and talking about marriage. Lord, we're going to focus all these next several weeks on 
things that strengthen our family and bond us together. But Lord, you reminded me as I sought you and as I began to pray and ask you about this message today, you made it very clear to me, don't you dare skip this and go ahead. You start here because this is the root. This is the root of love right here. Do they love me? And when we've got that squared away, we've got that right in our hearts, and we've dealt with our own insecurities and failures, when we literally open up our own hearts and look to our needs, to where we fall short, and we can honestly say, Lord, you know me. You know everything about me. You know that I love you. Then heaven and earth come together. The will of God is accomplished. And you and I are on the path to loving people, to loving a spouse, to loving a family member, to loving friends and loving the lost and the community being the light and the example that we need to be. It starts with this question. Nobody gets left out. You've been preaching, teaching for 50 years. doesn't matter. Everybody has to answer the question. Do you love me? There'll be two prayers this morning. The first prayer is simply this. Are you here today? Every head bowed, every eye closed. And you say, Pastor... I don't I have not even begun that relationship. I do not know the Lord as my savior. I do not have things right in my heart. Maybe I knew him before, but I'm not right now and I need things to be right with God. If you're here today and you need things squared away in a heart through repentance like Peter, you have failed miserably and you need that repentance and forgiveness of God, the mercy of God. You need to be saved this morning. I want you to shoot your hand up and write back down. Amen. God bless you. 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 Hands are going up. All of, God bless you, sir. Thank you so much. Oh, the Lord is pleased. Heaven is getting ready for a cheering, a rally, and a party. Is there anybody else? Just a few seconds for waiting. I want to pray that prayer. I want to be right with God when I leave here today. I want to be right. Is there anyone else? God bless you. I see you. I've lost count. I don't know how many we have, but heaven does. Heaven doesn't lose count is there anyone else a few seconds gonna wait all right all these that have lifted your hand we're gonna pray a prayer this prayer makes an altar right there where you're standing and you before heaven the mercy and the grace of god is going to flood your soul and heart it's not the words that we say it's what comes from the love remember he said do you love me and he had to ask three times because he had to get to the heart he's gotten to your heart today and you're ready to make that decision for him and so it When you speak those words, they're power. And they'll come from your heart. We're going to pray that prayer. And then the second prayer we're going to pray is the prayer for all of us to love him more passionately, more deeply. To love him so good that our love for others comes natural. To love him so much that the follow-up to that is love for others. So as we get ready for these two prayers... I'd ask you if you would to just, I don't do this very often, but I'm going to ask you to take the hand of the person standing beside you if you're comfortable with that. If somebody doesn't reach out, don't don't make them. It's flu season, and I understand that some people don't want that. That's okay. That's fine. 
If you're all right with it, I'd like you to make that connection. Let's pray together. If you lifted your hand to be saved today, I want you to pray this prayer with me and let's all pray it together. Dear Lord, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I want to be right with you. I want to know you. I want to love you. You are the Son of God. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. Now be the Lord of my life. I give you everything. Strengthen me. Be with me every day. I intend to serve you with your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's cheer and clap and praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now we pray for ourselves. Amen. How many would say, I'm in on that prayer, Pastor. I want to love him more deeply. I want to know him more intimately. Lord, we come. We lift up both hands to you. We pray, Lord, that you would flood our souls with your love. Help us to understand your love, the secret place of the Most High. Help us, God, in our pursuit of living the gospel life, Lord, that we will know it begins with love for you. That, Lord, when we so passionately desire you more than these things, more than the things of the world, more than even the the family that we have, more than houses or lands or mothers and fathers, more than anything if we pursue you, then, Lord, our love will be right. It'll be healthy. It'll be pure for others. But you must be our top priority. We must seek you first. And we thank you for this truth that sets us free today. We thank you for this truth that heals us today. We thank you for this truth. This truth that makes us free. In the name of Jesus Christ, touch your church that will be called a church of love. Touch this church, Lord, that will be a church of health. Healthy marriages, healthy life, healthy families. And Lord, that will be restored and reconciled as Peter was on that day, that, Lord, you'll pursue us, even if it means grieving our hearts, until we can say, Lord, you know all of me. And I ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Touch Stratford Heights Church so that we are a light to this community. And so when people are searching for Christ, they run to this place because they know he's here. I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone together said amen. Amen. God bless you. If you'd like special prayer today, our ministers will be in the altar after service. God bless you. Richard, do you have anything? Don't forget the Ohio Christian Academy open house from 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock. Starts in five minutes. Please go by and greet our teachers and our students.